we actually found a botanist on Etsy that grows um, other banana strains, mm-hmm. which is such a weird because, you know, I've been eating bananas since I was a baby and it's always the same fucking banana. Like every banana is a clone of another banana because that's just how they grow bananas. <laughs> and <laughs> and looking at all these, di- like, of course, there would be different kinds of bananas. There's different kinds of apples. There's different kind of right. grapes. There's different. Mm-hmm. But looking at all these different kinds of bananas when there's only ever been one banana in all of reality it was very weird it was very strange so i keep making plans to like go pre-order like a bag of gros michel bananas from the seller nice. <laughs> apparently they sell out really quick so you have to like get in line <laughs> <laughs> i want to try i want to try authentic banana does it have fucking seeds in it too the authentic banana it yeah it does because they have to like fucking cultivate it yeah 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 well like the they bred bananas to like not have the seeds in the fruit anymore basically yeah yeah Yeah. i want to i want to see a banana with seeds in it but you can also get blue java bananas which the peels are like kind of a bluish green instead of a regular yellow green neat you can get namwa bananas which are really short stumpy little guys that are barely the length of your hand Mm -hmm. like oh here it is okay it was anderson's tropical anderson's tropicals on etsy and they all have like slightly different flavor profiles there it's cute i like it sweet there's it's ice cream banana ice cream banana the blue java is also called the ice cream banana it's just kind of creamy and sweet and kind of has a slight vanilla flavor to it i don't know i I, i'm telling you all about these bananas that i have never tasted that i'm like i want to i want to live in a world where bananas are different welcome to banana experience Welcome to Banana Experience. This is Banana Experience. (laughs) We're no longer a podcast with a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. We are now a podcast about different kinds of bananas. Different different kinds of banana. Banana variety. (laughs) Uh, But we we will will remain queer women speaking with authority just about um, bananas now. No longer about games. This is now a banana podcast. (laughs) Dessert bananas and plantain bananas. All right, so there's the Cavendish that that's the one we all know and love. Right. Everyone okay. that eats a Cavendish. Right. Yeah. They're just clones of each other. Then there's the Gros Michel, which is the banana that everyone used to eat, mm-hmm. which is why the candy that we eat. Well, this is the story anyway. The the banana candy we eat tastes like Gros like, Michel. Bananas. Okay. Right. It's a sweet taste, a strong smell, a creamier texture. Can be used in the preparation of banana pies. I love banana pies. <laughs> oh my god, I love banana cream pie. Uh, and we swear. Red bananas! Fuck yes! <laughs> you know, you oh, said red! You said that Sorry. right as I was setting up for the die mat about it, and so that was perfect. Like, that was perfect part of the bit. <laughs> you said, <laughs> yes, you. we swear. Red bananas. Red uh, bananas! <laughs> the copy says, no, this banana is not angry or blushing. It's just doing its thing, waiting to be devoured by you. That's very horny. That's a little horny. It's very horny. Don't be horny about your bananas. About bananas. They don't need any help. This is our first episode of season five. Should we introduce ourselves to our audience who theoretically may be joining us for the first time? 
eight pounds of red bananas for $90. That's Ray more talking than, repeatedly about bananas here on Banana Experience. For bananas. I'm so excited. I am I am going to be ordering some bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I love bananas! And I'm Monica, who's not going to buy a tropical fruit box I'm for closing, $90. I'm closing the banana tabs. <laughs> Hi everyone, this is our fifth season. How did we make it to five seasons? I don't fucking know. Here we are, talking about bonus uh, ban- banan- bananas experience. Bananas experience. We're experienced bringing you the the knowledge you need about games and bananas here on Banana Experience. What's up gamers? <laughs> Today we're going to talk about perception checks and bananas. <laughs> and bananas. Can you spot the banana? <laughs> this is a this is a this is a clusterfuck. This yep. is a shit show. It's okay. We're just gonna launch right into the topic. This is perfect. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, we're gonna talk about perception checks. <laughs> I hope that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> they don't. We don't need their permission. Everyone, please don't be mad. We want to talk about perception checks. Yeah, or spot checks, or notice checks, or awareness rolls, or whatever the system you're playing calls. Composure it. checks. I don't oh, know. Oh god. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Uh, so why why do this? Why do games have perception checks anyway? So, I mean, this is our fifth season. You may be new to us. You may not be. We tend to skip over the the 101 level stuff. But for those of you who are wondering, a perception check is where you roll a die or whatever your randomizer entails to see if you see something, to see if you notice something. So this has been a feature of games since the, like, I mean, since like the first of, since the original D&D. In first and second edition, you would roll a D6 to see if you found something hidden. There were different bonuses that you could get for that, depending on your race, like, because, you know, you know, how D&D loves racial tension. Um, <clears throat> after after RuneQuest actually broke that out into its own skill, third edition made noticing things into actual skills, listen, spot and search. Then fourth and fifth edition crunched all of that down into perception. And I, isn't there an investigation skill in fifth edition? Yeah. Nobody fucking uses it. <laughs> I, I, I haven't played it in a hot minute and i maybe could find a fifth edition sheet let me just yeah there's an investigation skill i have never okay. fucking used it okay <laughs> i'm i'm not you know the be all end all of D experiences i've never used my investigation skill perception though is everywhere um now we have we have active perception where you actually roll the die and then add your modifier and see if you beat the dc or you have your passive perception, which is meant to streamline the whole thing down into a DM can just look around the table and go, what's everybody's passive perception? And then know whether someone notices something without there being a roll. Other games will handle this differently. In your D10 pools, you've got, you know, in your, in your story paths and whatnot, you've got add awareness and perception together into into a die pool and roll and then count the successes. And oh, there's you've got a this many, you See the thing. Why are you still looking for a fifth edition sheet? No, because you you said invest is investigation a skill, and I got caught. It up is in I confirmed having to figure that out, and you know you're in you banana get, tabs. I'm you're in banana, banana I'm, tabs over I'm there. Banana tabs of character sheets, and the answer is <laughs> definitely yes. You got to get out of the banana tabs. I'm sorry, I got I got into the banana tabs. Is that what we're gonna call this now? When you get on an ADHD jag, where you just have to prove something is right, is that banana tabs? Yeah, broke I was, is I was banana in tabs. the weeds. Woke yep. is in the banana tabs. Tabs. 
<laughs> yeah, excuse me while I rock in my rocking chair on my porch, but I remember when passive perception was new. <laughs> and what an innovation that was. It being a core rule in 4th edition was a huge deal, and it's definitely something I think we'll see in all of the D&Ds going forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, just plain, you know, rolling to see if you see something is is a fucking time-honored tradition of games. Player characters have the ability to be sneaky and to conceal information, and so does the game master. But if there's no chance to contest this ability to be sneaky and conceal information, then it becomes an instant win scenario. So perception checks fix that, right? Mm. I mean, I was brought up on Exalted and D20 Modern and Adventure! Which you have to pronounce like that. It has an exclamation point at the end. Uh, <laughs> you have to. You have to. It's required. Uh, and those were my first handful of games, which they all have some kind of notice a thing, check, or skill. Uh, and this was also the wild and wooly times of the D20 OGL, which we're going through again now, by the way, <sighs> uh, <laughs> where every game had one. And I think the point of them is to surprise players with information they might not have expected. Well, okay, I think the very early forms of it were to hide things from players in tournament formats, especially in early D&D, and reward asking about what might be hidden. Now, I don't mm-hmm. actually know this. This is speculation based on how other things in the game were designed to work. Yeah. And it occurs to me that, you know, I haven't read the Kriegspiel rules yet, which I'm going to. I'm going to buy a copy and I'm going to read them and I'm going to make somebody play it with me. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to hazard a guess that it probably comes from that and other war games like that, historical war games and stuff. Mm. Um, and maybe there's some kind of randomization to notice the movement of enemy pieces. Again, that's yeah. pure speculation, because I have not actually touched any of those things. If you've played Kriegspiel or are a big historical wargaming fan, send us an email. We'll tell you how to at the end of the episode. But I wouldn't be shocked if that was like some of the root of where those come from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think since then, it's kind of transmuted into... Um, What's here that you didn't expect it to be mechanic? Uh, so when we move on to our actual lukewarm defense, I'm going to stick with that as the goal of the design. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. So bearing that in mind, let's talk about what sucks about perception checks. Yeah, this is the constantly beaten drum uh, right now. And I think it's I think it's part of what kind of elevated this whole idea of failing forward in games and why it actually caught on as much as it did outside of the of the indie like game photosphere Mm -hmm. if a pc fails a perception check or catastrophically succeeds as the case may be this can put less experienced game masters in a tailspin if your players don't notice the secret door behind which lies the relic that their whole quest hinges on now what do you do if your players do notice the assassin lurking behind their patron, and instead of going on a quest to avenge the dead patron, they actually unravel the whole scheme in one conflict, now what do you fucking do? We've talked about not asking for a role unless the outcome of the role is interesting. This goes times 100 for perception roles, but it's still somehow so hard for us to ditch them. This particular bugbear makes it so GMs either hide everything behind a perception check or hide nothing behind them. And, but but then people make them anyway, which results in frantic improv theater when something succeeds. <laughs> uh, it also means the GMs sometimes balk at revealing things because, as you just rightfully pointed out, when everything is riding on someone passing this particular check, it can't be 
too load-bearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it often results in a quest stalling out mid-play because nobody could pass the load-bearing check, and the GM has to sigh irritably and either give her clue away or keep pushing for rolls until someone passes. Who's been there? Raise your hands. We'll count them. Wow, that's a lot of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my early D&D running ga- uh, days, I fell prey to this a lot because I was pretty new and I still assumed like procession checks are just a thing that happens, right? You're just supposed to have them. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of there were a lot of situations where someone would fail a perception check and I would have baby GM Ray would be like, oh, fuck, now what? <laughs> the And then, you know, <clears throat> moving on. Um, <laughs> perception checks. Everybody makes them. As soon as you ask one person to roll awareness or whatever, everybody wants to roll awareness. So, OK, how do you determine who knows what without breaking the narrative or giving too much data to one player over the others? Is it even worth it to split that up? Is it going to be game breaking if out of game everyone knows the same things? But then what's the point of having an awareness skill if only one character in the party needs to have it for everybody to gain the benefit? Because the cleric notices and goes, hey, guys, and points it out to everybody else. <laughs> yeah, this is this is part of why introducing passive perception was so great. You can just say, who's got passive perception 12? And if three party members say yes, they get the info. No slowdowns, no load bearing checks. Just uh, read your player's sheets first, otherwise you (laughs) may have the same problem as we noted above. Yeah. But then, again, that still comes down to, like, if the cleric goes, don't worry, I'll put all my points in perception, nobody else needs to fucking worry about it. Right, yeah. It's, it's, you know... (sighs) And then, you know, there's been these attempts to split perception into multiple skills, or to cram them all into one single perception skill, and neither of those really works. Neither of those is ever satisfying. You have people who will have to hold up a game and go, okay, well, wait, is this going to be awareness or is it going to be investigation? Can I roll investigation for this? And then you have to spend a couple of minutes explaining your own personal philosophy on the differences between awareness and investigation and why one applies here but not the other. And it's just a pain in the ass. What about, uh, did you mean, uh, you know, notice, scrutiny, awareness, investigation, perception, awareness, alertness, discern motive? Perception? Wits. Composure. Composure? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Which one best fits? Look, spot, listen. (laughs) Animal can? Just a general, (laughs) just apperception skill. (laughs) Just your entire ability, your entire ability to notice shit. I think one skill is better than multiple. I, yes, we have talked, and we have in fact touched on this in our episode on skill lists skill list, yeah. but we are both big fans of why have a billion skills when you can just have a few yeah so unsurprisingly we come down on just have one just have skill, one just yeah. but then you run into the okay so the guy who's got really good split second you know reaction time he's also a sherlock of being able to like <laughs> just fucking take a survey of somebody and figure out you know their entire fucking life story you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I know. You I don't know. know. See, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna t- we're gonna I'm gonna talk about Sherlocking later. So good. What about like failing stuff? So it's like, kinda- <laughs> no, okay. Nobody nobody likes failing perception checks. No, I mean, nobody likes failing checks. Period. But perception checks are the fucking worst. It's so frustrating to suffer the consequences of something you theoretically could have avoided, not because of something fun or dramatic, but because you just didn't see it coming because you failed your perception roll. Yeah, and this is mostly an issue in games that don't include mechanics for automatically giving players clues or include mechanics for near misses or partial successes. 
consider gumshoe, which is a system entirely about investigation and looking for clues. Every check is a perception check, if you think about it. It's just that the yeah, system yeah. supports this being the case. Oh, also, Gumshoe has 11 fuck billion skills, too, by the way. <laughs> it's a system that supports this being the case, which takes us pretty nicely into our next topic, which is what's so great about perception checks. Why can't we quit perception checks? Yeah, why can't we quit you? I think the biggest, I think the biggest reason is just competency. Player characters love to be competent. Uh-huh. They love to see the ambush coming because they caught the glint of sunlight on steel in the grasses. They... They love to put a hand out just in time to stop their buddy from stepping on the trigger of a spike trap. And they love knowing that there was a chance they could have missed those details. Like, ooh, ooh, oh, we just barely made it because I was competent. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very satisfying to absolutely blow a perception check out of the water. And then you feel like Sherlock with all the text flying around the room as your big brain (laughs) genius head processes all of this info. Yeah, it can can lead to really great moments. Like any good thought out placement of a skill in a game, it, it helps tell a cool story. On top of that, perception checks are really good gm prompts they get gms thinking a bit more critically about their set dressing especially in systems with mixed successes your player character gets a mixed success on this perception roll now you get to think about what do they notice and what don't they notice so you get to break it down into what about the scene is most obvious which then leads into you can give really cool like bonus information context complications to a scene that may have seemed straightforward but he didn't roll quite high enough so you don't get like the juicy details about it. Yeah, and it's totally worthwhile to hide a surprise or two behind a roll. When your game is set up to lead players to crucial information and then allow them to discover surprising and interesting details that enrich the story they're pursuing, that's so, so satisfying. That's so good. Yeah, yeah. Apocalypse World teaches us to, quote, be a fan of the player's characters. And there's no better place to do that than being excited about someone passing a perception check to get some juicy additional yeah. clue. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love I love an excuse to give more information, honestly. And I, I think that might be why perception checks are so tasty, because it's the game giving me permission to tell you more. When mm-hmm. really I don't need that permission, but we'll get into it later. Yeah, we'll get into that later. I've, perception checks perception checks are a chance to create tension. I know that this is basically the exact opposite of what I said about what's bad about perception checks, but Sometimes failing a perception check is exciting. A friend of mine would end every perception roll regardless of results with, and you do not see the trap, which is extremely cheeky. But the implication of making a perception roll is that you might not have caught everything. Why was that merchant trying to hide her smile from you? Where did that shadow you see disappear to after it went around the corner? Like, it's the chance of failure for a perception roll, while in inexperienced hands might completely arrest your game. In more experienced hands, it can be kind of a wink and a nod and a, uh-oh, you didn't see what's coming. And it, that can be just as much fun as succeeding sometimes. Yeah, it sure can. Which leads us to take a mid-episode break. BXP and the mid-episode break room are brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Become a BXP patron. Patrons get to chat with us directly, special Discord roles, and exclusive hangouts. You can support us for as little as $1 a month. And if you'd rather support BXP without Patreon, you can subscribe now on Ko-fi instead. Instead of just buying us one-off things, we have a subscription service there. That is ko-fi.com slash bonus EXP. Or you can buy our stuff. Go to bxpcast.com slash bxpswag and check out our merch page. And don't forget, if you're looking to buy BXP stuff, that we are sponsored by Nerdy Kepi. You can get all kinds of rad queer swag, 
and stuff that supports our show, including a t-shirt that says Die Mad About It, a t-shirt <laughs> that, a, a very cool black and white t-shirt that has our logo on it, uh-huh, cups uh-huh. that have our logo on it. Um, we have a, an exclusive design that makes our logo look like the LaCroix logo. And you can get that on a cup. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Nino Studios, for making our incredible <laughs> LaCroix cup logo. It's great. I have been considering, as in just in the last 30 seconds, it occurred to me, considering if you subscribe to our, our Patreon or our Kofi at a certain level, I think it's the $20 level, yep. you become a certified Margaret and yes. you get the certification to prove it. And so far, three people have received these very exclusive handmade custom certificates. And they're very fun to make because I purposely make them look like dog shit. And (laughs) honestly, I think it's so fucking funny. And I think everyone is being such a good sport. Yeah. And I've I've made it very clear these are very shitty certificates on purpose. Like, please don't expect something beautiful from this. But it just occurred to me that I could make a certified Margaret t-shirt with the shittiest graphic design possible. Oh my god, we need to do, do you this. Do you think Spider would even allow that? Yes, yes. Spider would 100% <laughs> would allow Spider that. Spider look at no, us no, and be no. like, never. <laughs> no, no, no. That, I think, <laughs> think that would be okay. Uh, okay, we, we, so we, we'll, we can cook we'll that discuss, up. We'll and discuss if, it. if when that happens, you want to buy a shitty certified Margaret t-shirt, you can use code BXPCAST at checkout for 10% off, which never expires. So please never go, expires. Yeah, please go back and buy more stuff. Doesn't have to be our stuff. Just support a small uh, business owned by queer folks. And everyone wins. Saying nice yes. things is always free. Leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, Spotify, wherever you find us. Uh, and that helps us get more listeners. You don't actually have to throw. Not be on Spotify. I better double check. I I think we took forever to get on there, and then we got on there, and now we were like, "No, I went off this ride." And now we're like, "No, you suck." (laughs) Don't listen to us on Spotify. If you see us there, don't Don't listen to us there. there. Yeah. Imagine I'm taking a big black sharpie and scribbling. If you're listening to us on Spotify right now, stop and open it up in Podbean. Stop it. (laughs) Stop it. Uh, if you like if you like bonus experience, you'll also like pandas talking games, uh, queer gamers talking about tabletop role playing games and making outtakes. Join pandas Phil and Senda every Monday answering listener questions about playing, running, and designing TTRPGs. Get cozy and let's talk about some games. They hundred percent have BXP energy, or we have pandas talking games energy because they came first. Pandas bonus games. <laughs> pandas bonus. Talking. We need to have another pandas bonus games. Another bonus pandas. <laughs> bonus pandas talking games experience. It's been so long since I we know. talked to Cinda. Cind- I said Cinda, Cinda and, and Fel. Cinda and Fel. I was about to yep. say. <laughs> Cinda and Fen. <laughs> <laughs> or just panda. We could just, it's just panda. 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 Just panda. panda. Okay, Monica. Yes. Monica. Yes. Perception checks suck. How uh-huh. do I make them work in my game? Okay. Like I said about Gumshoe, the system needs to support the inherent flaws in making perception checks, many of which we laid out earlier in the episode, which if you forgot, you can just roll back and listen to, because we've kind of been all over the place. So, you know, <laughs> you <laughs> if know, you needed a refresher, you could just scroll back. Uh, so you have to address what happens if they fail and what happens if they wildly succeed. Yeah, you, you're going to have to know what you're going to do to fail forward or succeed forward as the case may be you have to come into the game prepared to make sure that perception checks aren't just you know save or suck or fail or suck as the case may be 
yeah, let's let's hold up our <laughs> Story Path, a game that we both particularly like, as a great example of this. <laughs> um, as it did away with the idea of perception as a skill or awareness or alertness or notice or spot or listen or whatever. And then has all these ways you can roll, which give you extra clues after already handing out important information. So step one yes. is the GM yes. tells people exactly what they need to solve the problem, right? Like the important clues towards picking up the mystery are already presented to you. Like there's bloody footprints on the floor or you notice that there was forced entry by damage to the doorframe, right? Like you get those important clues that you're supposed to notice simply by virtue of your characters being competent, as you mentioned earlier, automatically. And then it gives you express permission to hide weirder, more interesting extra details behind roles. Right. To reward the people who are actually buying into that part of the system, because obviously they want to interact with that part of the system. So instead of just getting, well, you found clue A, B, and C, so you learned that the killer was Joe. Congratulations. If you find clue A, B, and C, but you also are a perception character and you've rolled really well on these different investigation checks or whatever it is that your game is calling them, you could learn something like Joe's motive, or you find out he had a secret accomplice, or you can find out that one of the cops was being bribed in this investigation and you can take down both Joe and this cop. And this, like You can put in basically all of these bonus subplots that hinge on your characters who really wanted to engage with this part of the system actually engaging with it. Yeah, I'm quickly looking up the names of the other stunts because I like all of them. They're great. Right, like, okay, clue information. It tells you, like, what sort of raw information you should provide. Then it allows room for interpretation. Like, it specifically calls out that you can provide clues and then let players speculate wildly. Yes. <laughs> and then choose to, doing that. choose to take what part of that you decide are real. Q&A, allowing the players to be like, wait, we found bloody footprints on the floor. Do they match the height of the victim? Does it seem to align with the shoe size included in the person's dossier or whatever, right? Like, Q&A is great. And then it also includes rules for player creation, where a player just makes up what might happen. Slightly different than interpreting the information, just like someone sees bloody footprints and is like, oh, I bet that means the attacker, like did this dispassionately or something like that right like and then maybe they create that about the personality of the murderer or whoever right super right, right. super super cool and right. then uh, it even has proposals for delayed clue information which i forgot was in there until i reopened this where like you present a piece of information that doesn't seem obvious right now and then becomes important later Right, the pipe clue. Yeah. Yep. The, yeah. The clue that they come back to and go, <gasps> and that's when they like, you know, connect all the strings. And that's a that's also a really satisfying moment in that specific genre of storytelling. In the mystery stories where you you realize this clue from act one was actually so much more important than you thought it was, and it actually points to the killer, and that's that's like a huge like genre temple. Um, but then what about what about for games that aren't about investigating a mystery? What if we're in a straight up you know, like an up and down dungeon crawl. Do you still roll to have them always check for traps? Do you decide that that's percep passive perceptions uh, forte or or how I would mean, you handle that? I think in a game. So like we're talking about story path, which is very specifically has a system for procedural investigation, right? Because in right. the genre it is trying to emulate, that's important. I think the hidden but trap if, is I'm really about the whole yeah, secret I'm, door hidden trap right. thing. Yeah. I think hidden traps, secret doors, 
are important to be concealed as part of the adventure fantasy genre. The question becomes how unfun it is to get hit by it. Mm -hmm. So I actually think the important thing is not that the trap is hidden, but that the trap is designed to not remove people explicitly from play because nothing is more boring than being removed from play. True. Yeah. That goes into... That's a different, that goes into that's other a different episode, of, right? Like, Yeah. I, I more want to know, like, if you're running... If you're running a dungeon crawl and you've got your standard party makeup, every time someone enters a room, are you going to call for perception checks to see if they find the trap? Or do you let them say, I'm going to make a perception check to find a trap? Or do you just say, hey, you, the rogue, you're specialized in this. You notice there's a there's the telltale signs of a hidden trap in the center of the room. Like, yeah, how, I, do you, I think how do you make I that would, work? I would lead more towards the latter, where like, yeah. you don't want to create a culture of such distrust that people are always going well i have to notice everything in this room and then you get people who are jumpy and then demand to roll every scene and then like spend 20 spend on every 20 room. on everything and then like you they are too busy being scared of being removed from play which goes back to like your trap shouldn't suck so much that it removes right. people from play uh right. that they jump on these things right so part of that is one your trap design and the other part is yes i would be like so rogue you know what uh you know what a trapped floor generally looks like before the fighter takes one step onto that slightly raised tile do you want to stop them <laughs> right like, yeah 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 and then you allow the rogue to roll to reveal how nasty it could have been right or or for like clues to to avoid it because then the challenge can become helping everybody move around without getting hurt right so then it, it actually does fall into the same philosophy of running an investigation scene where you don't want the consequences for failing your perception check or whatever to suck so bad that you're out of the game. Right. Similar to you don't want to miss this crucial clue or you'll be out of the game. You won't know what's going on. You don't want to miss this trap or you'll fucking die. You'll be out of the game. Right. And then on top of that, you want it to be something that you can reward players for investing in that instead of, okay, well, you find the trap. Like, you can tell there's a trap over there. But if you roll high enough, you learn who, who made the trap and for what purpose. Or yeah, how to it's... safely disarm this trap. You get a bonus to disarming it. Or right. how to make sure everyone can get around it safely, like you just pointed out. So, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. So, basically, same, same thought behind it. Making right. sure that failing your notice check or awareness roll or whatever is not such a grave consequence that the game is over. Right. And leaving room to reward people for not just noticing the obvious thing they need to notice, but going above and beyond into you notice all this other cool extra stuff. Yeah, you want to make sure that both outcomes are equally interesting and keep people right. engaged, right? Like, Got which it. Which sounds like a lot of work, but I, it's really not. <laughs> it, takes, it takes work to get into the habit, honestly. Yes. Like, yes. like I kept saying, you know, for some reason, perception checks are just so hard to ditch because it's such a... Uh, it, I mean, it's a it's a oral slash written, you know, narrative game where you have to describe every sense so people know what they're actually interacting with theater of the mind. <laughs> so perception check kind of like boils that down into like, OK, how detailed do I need to get? <laughs> what what are you actually noticing? So it, it, it almost feels like second nature to be like, all right, cool. I need to know what you see. But first, I need to know how you see it. But that's right. all bullshit. You don't need to do that, which is how I'm going to segue into. How do we just take perception checks out of a game entirely? Okay. I mean, let's 
continue to talk about story path because Scion okay. removed it completely. Trinity Core includes sensing as a as a possible option for investigating, right? And it's yeah. integrity yeah. plus cunning, I think, is the dice pool. Which just like if you want to just use your raw senses to use your eyeballs and ears and nose to like look for things. I'm listening so hard. That's what that's for, right? But Scion yeah. took it out completely. It's just not in there. And people fucking hated it. Because we're so used <laughs> yeah. to having that as a skill. I know. And I think that's because <laughs> that's folks are desperately looking for that in a traditional game. And if you don't know what we're talking about when we say traditional game, take a quick pause and go back and listen to our What's Your Traditional Game Anyway episode. Do that right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, you're back? Great. All right, cool. It's it's also pretty interesting to me that most um, Powered by the Apocalypse games don't do this at all. Instead, transforming what we'd call a perception check into those question askers, which I adore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, you don't need a special move to do this or roles at all if you're designing your own system. You can just simply have that be the basic function of notice things. And it can just simply be a restricted list of questions that you can ask, no dice required. Like, here's five questions, ask two anytime you want to notice things, right? And tellingly, a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse games will split that noticing things move into way more specialized moves. Like, it's not just a notice things move, it's a read a situation move. Right, yes. So you can try to get a feel for, like, how does so-and-so feel? Is violence about to break out? Who's the most powerful dude here? Which yeah. are all questions that could be on a list. And then a po- and then there's, like, read a, read a, not read a situation, but there's... Read a person. Oh God, what's Read a person... There's a bunch of them. Like every... There's a couple of really cool ones that'll have, like, what's the quickest way out of here? Right. <laughs> like, what's hidden from me in this situation? Right. There's there's a ton of them that you can look at. I'm, like, PPTA does have you roll for them, where failure usually results in you sometimes not asking a question, or asking a question and getting an answer you don't like, which is, <laughs> which right. is great, right? You get an answer you don't like, or, or I think I've seen some where if you, if you fail... The enemy gets to learn something about you, you or the yeah, antagonist gets to learn something. There's really, really excellent design there. But I'm saying that if you don't want to roll at all, you don't actually need to. There's no need to roll for this. You literally can just say, whenever you're trying to notice something here, five questions, ask two. Period. That can yep. be a rule. That can be yep. a rule in your game. And that just, this guided discussion means players never go, quotes, off the rails. Uh, And GMs can always be prepared for those specific answers. Like if your investigation rules are simply whenever I investigate a scene, I can ask two of these five questions. I just have to pick which two. The GMs are always prepared for those questions to be asked. It's never going to be anything different. Yep. Rolling a 20 on my perception check with advantage means we have to make up what's happening right now. We have to come up with that unless I specifically had something prepared. Uh, Answering what might I be missing leaves very little room for ambiguity. Yes, exactly. And if you want to, if, you, if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't want to have every player have the same ability to notice things because I, I want someone to have a higher notice or whatever. You can still have it be this list of questions, this question asker, except for people with a higher sharp rating or whatever can ask three questions instead of two or, you know, whatever. You advance the move in a mm-hmm. certain way so that you can have someone ask additional questions or maybe they get access to a question nobody else has on their list. Like there's different ways to tweak that. So then you don't have to ever worry about, oh, they didn't roll well enough. You just got to worry about if they're coming into a scene and you feel like this is going to be, this is going to be one of those where they want to look around and know more. Keep those questions in mind. Just always remember those questions on your list and be prepared for giving out weird answers from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I, I think I think that's all I got. 
I I perceive I perceive that we are at the end of our outline. Yeah, are you are you getting the sense? Mm. Have you? I'm giving mm. you the free clue that I think we might be done. <laughs> I think we're at the end of our outline. <laughs> hey, that was uh that was pretty good. Yeah, it was our pretty first good. episode of season yeah. five. That was all right. I felt I felt good about that one. Yeah. Um, I do have a few notes for you. Yeah, for um, me, I feel like. <laughs> I feel like you could let me indulge in my banana tabs a little more going forward. <laughs> we... Just be a little more flexible when it comes to to me to your researching tabbing? tropical fruits. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I feel well, like that would really. All right. I feel like that would really help us gel as a team. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. I hear what you mm-hmm. need. Mm-hmm. Uh, in mm-hmm. return, you need to allow me to get into the weeds of looking for character sheets. <laughs> <laughs> we need to now give each other weeds. this we that's, need to, that's we a need phrase to I'm give, not familiar with is that like getting into the banana tabs it's like tabs? getting into the banana tabs yeah I think we need to give each other the grace to get into the banana tabs and the character sheet folder uh, and when we do that um, this will greatly improve uh, our cohesion oh as God. a unit this bit gave me corona <laughs> alright <laughs> Yeah, I mean, here's to here's to five more years. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> oh, fuck, Monica. Yeah, where can they find our show? You can find the show at bxpcast.com, part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Bing. Where could they email us, Monica? If they want to email us to confirm whether or not perception checks really do come from historical war games, you can send us an email at bonusexpcast at gmail.com. What about Twitter? Are we on Twitter? We are on, Twitter. on Twitter. You can yeah. you can add us and send us pet pictures or memes or just tell us that you liked the show or tell us about mm-hmm. your games or whatever. We you can have a conversation mm-hmm. with us by adding bonus exp cast on Twitter. Also, Monica, I heard I heard we've got one of those those fancy discords people are talking about. Yeah, we do have fancy discord, and it is actually a public discord. It is not limited to patrons only. Patrons just get special roles in an exclusive channel where they get to hang out with us. So if you become a patron, oh, this also applies if you subscribe on Kofi. When we're saying patron, we mean anybody who's giving us money on a monthly basis, period. Uh, you can go to tinyurl.com slash bxpdiscord, and it will take you directly to us. Monica, are you on Twitter? I am. I am at Zenith Sun. You can follow me for political retweets, and occasionally I talk about dice. Cool, cool, cool. I'm at Ray W. Cole. I don't remember what I do on Twitter anymore. <laughs> post been... screen caps from the exalted fan card i do do that i said do do i do that quite a lot <laughs> i hope that i hope that you're really into seeing screenshots from weird exalted fans because that's most of my twitter feed right now just trying to <laughs> i'm just trying to vibe man there's so much shit going on and i'm just trying to i'm just out here trying to vibe don't harsh my mellow <sighs> all right i think it's that time oh is it time for everybody to get out yeah we gotta go it's everybody get out yeah i gotta make some lunch Oh, Jesus. Yeah, what the hell? Go have some food. Yeah, man. I ate a whole chicken sandwich. I ate a whole chicken salad sandwich in your ear a half an hour ago. I woke up at noon. (laughs) Anyway, change it if you want to. Yeah, change it if you want to. That was our outro. Bye. Bye. Do I have to do this? Ugh, fine. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. And edited by Margaret. 
Our logo and art is by Nino Studios. Find her on Facebook and Instagram. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK and is used under the attribution non-commercial Creative Commons license. BXP is part of the Misdirected Mart network. Uh, I'm not reading this. Fuck it. Bye.